When you're in the market for a new car, you want a vehicle that conquers your daily commute, easily handles the elements, and looks great too. You need the reliability of a Toyota and the confidence that your investment will last. Why? Because after all the carpools, shopping trips, and weekends out, you want a car that still has plenty of miles left in it and holds its value for a great trade-in deal. That's where Toyota leads the pack as the number one resale value brand for 2024, according to Kelly Blue Book's KBB.com. So check out the all-new, fully redesigned 2025 Camry or test drive a stylish and affordable Corolla sedan or hatchback. And remember, when you choose Toyota, you're not just buying a car for today, you're investing in trade-in value for tomorrow. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals, for more. Vehicles projected resale value is specific to the 2024 model year. For more information, visit kellybluebookskbb.com. Kelly Blue Book is a registered trademark of Kelly Blue Book Company, Incorporated. Toyota, let's go places. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast about strategies and solutions for having a happier life. This week, we'll talk about why you might want to schedule a weekly Empower Hour, where you put your values into the world, and we have a Know Yourself Better question about confiding your secrets. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I am in my home office in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and Gretch, I'm also in my home office, not surprising. Yeah, I I can picture you pretty easily these days. Yes. (laughs) So, Elizabeth, this week our Try This at Home tip comes from a listener. It's a great idea to schedule an empower hour. Yes, we talked about a power hour. Um, In fact, that was way back in episode six, we talked about a power hour. And this is an empower hour, which is such a great twist on the idea. Yeah. So with power hour, the idea is that you make a list of all those nagging tasks that pile up, like I need to find the hammer that I misplaced, I need to change an inconvenient light bulb. And these are things that can just We intend to do them, but we don't get to them because something that can be done at any time is often done at no time. And so if you make a list of it and then for one hour, once a week, just try to tackle them, it's really surprising how much we can get done. I think we often overestimate what we can get done in a pretty short amount of time. And then we underestimate what we can get done if we're just persistent and do consistent work over time. Um, So that's power hour. Yes. So Leandra Fernandez writes... A friend started Empower Hour, where a group gets together on Zoom to spend the hour emailing representatives about causes that are important to them. This is great for an obliger like me who needs external accountability to get these types of tasks done. 
Plus, friends can research and workshop emails together before sending. It's the perfect play on Power Hour. I mean, this is brilliant. Yes. Yeah, we're recording this on June 8th. Uh, protests have been going on for many, many days, and we've all been doing a lot of soul searching about how to put our values out into the world. And this is a great idea of putting the time in, putting it on the calendar, and making sure that it gets done. Because something that can be done at any time is often done at no time. And with all the best intentions, time can slip by and you don't do things even that are very important to you. Yeah. And I like the idea that you can do an empower hour just on your own or with your family or this idea of doing a Zoom power hour with friends where you share information. If you want to make calls, you can put yourself on mute and make a call. You know, as always, once we label something and give it a slot, <laughs> yeah. it's just more likely to occur. And there's so much to do. Yeah. And, and you might think, well, an hour isn't very much. Like, what is it to do it for an hour? But once you start, at least I find once I start, it's a lot easier to keep going. And by scheduling it, you make sure it doesn't get overlooked. And you're right. One of the reasons it might be fun to do it with friends or helpful to do it with other people. Like, let's say you want to, one of the things you want to do with your Empower Hour is to donate to causes you believe in. Well, that can take a lot of research. If you want to give to the best organization that's going to do the most good, that has the best reputation for using the money wisely, that can take a fair amount of effort. So if people share what they know or divide up the tasks, you could be a lot more efficient. Yeah. And there's other things you can do during an Empower Hour, like register to vote if you haven't registered or call people about registering to vote. Yeah. Learn more about policy issue, which is, again, something that can be a bit of a grind. But if you slot a time for it, it might get done better. And sending postcards. In addition to emails, um, you can send postcards. And Gretchen, of course, we love the way Leandra um, has tailored this to her tendency, being an obliger. Yeah, for a questioner, it might be like, well, it'd be more efficient for me just to do it whenever I have an hour. You know, on this Saturday, it's 10 a.m. On next week, it's going to be 11. But for an obliger, it makes sense to do it with other people. And so she's very cleverly figured that out. Um, Well, this is such a great idea. Yes. Thank you, Leandra. So let us know if you do try this at home and how scheduling and Empower Hour works for you. And what did you do with your Empower Hour? It would be great to get lots of ideas for things people can do. I bet people have a lot of ideas, Elizabeth, that you and I didn't think of. Yes. So let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes for this episode. It's happiercast.com slash 277 for everything related to this episode. Okay, Gretchen, it is time for this week's happiness hack. Yes. Now, this is a very small hack, but I think it's a handy hack. And I have to give credit. Um, There was a delightful article in the New York Times last year by David Pogue called The Best Advice You've Ever Received and Are Willing to Pass On. And so he collected all kinds of advice about life, work, parenting, and I love lists of advice. Mm. And one of the things he included was hacks. And I thought this was a great hack. It turns out that a dollar bill is just a little bit longer than six inches. So if, like you say, if you're out in the world and you want to know something's measurements and you don't have a ruler or a tape measure, you can make a pretty good guess if you have a dollar bill by dividing it in half or, you know, doubling it over. Because a lot of times you're like, how big is this plastic box or whatever? And then you're like, well, I can measure it with my dollar bill. There have been many, many times when I have been in that situation. I think we all have. So 
I will be doing this. If I ever go to a store again, to go shopping, <laughs> yes. um, I will use this hack. Well, and I need it because I used to have my file effects with me all the time because mm. I was such a devoted carrier of a file effects. And I had a little ruler that I used as the marker. But now I've gone, finally, I've gone digital. And so I've missed having that ruler with me. Yes. Um, now it's a dollar bill is just as good. So keep that in mind as you're out and about. And also, I will post a link to the article if you want to see the other pieces of advice, because it's a really great compendium of ideas. And Gretchen, now for a new segment. Yes. As I mentioned in the last episode, although it seems like a small gesture, um, to educate myself more, I am turning to reading. And I am making a point to read books by Black writers and also books about policy issues where I know I need to learn more. I have a very long list that's getting longer every day. Um, I had been planning to have my summer of Virginia Woolf, but I have decided to postpone that. I will have the autumn of Virginia Woolf to give me more reading time. And so for the summer in the podcast, I'm going to do a weekly spotlight on a Black writer, all different kinds of books to recommend. And so this week, Elizabeth, this is no surprise to you, it's Nettie Okorafor. Yes, we love Nettie Okorafor. Yes, now, I have been a big fan of Nettie Okorafor's work for a long time. She's a Nigerian-American writer of books for adults and young adults. I actually found her through her young adult writing. And a month ago, Elizabeth and I chose her brilliant short memoir, Broken Places in Outer Spaces, for the book club we do on our Coping with COVID-19 Instagram Live conversations. Yes, and we are talking about it Monday, uh, June 22nd, if anybody wants to read it and join our Insta Live conversation, which will be at 4 p.m. Eastern, uh, June 22nd. Now, Nettie Okorafor has written many books. She's won the Hugo, the Nebula, the World Fantasy Awards, among many others. Her books are being made into a TV show by HBO. She's also written comics for Marvel, She's a movie adaptation, everything more. I first found her when I read her book, Akata Witch, um, and then I went on to read a lot of her books. But for the Instagram Live conversation, we're doing her memoir, which I love. I love memoirs. And this is from the description. From star athlete to paralyzed patient to acclaimed sci-fi writer, Nnedi Okorafor reveals that what we perceive as limitations have the potential to become our greatest strengths and that creativity often springs from broken places. Nettie Okorafor was never supposed to be paralyzed. A college tennis star and budding entomologist, Nettie's lifelong battle with scoliosis was just a bump in her plan, something a simple surgery would easily correct. But when Nettie wakes from surgery to find that she can't move her legs, her entire sense of who she is shatters. Unsure if she'll ever walk again, Nettie begins to put these experiences into writing, conjuring up strange, fantastical stories. What Nettie discovers is that when something breaks, something greater often emerges from the cracks. So it's a great book. We both loved reading it. And we should mention it's short. So yes. you could read it by June 22nd. Yes. And even if, read it anyway. Yes. So that's um, Spotlight This Week on Nettie Okorafor. And I will put links to Broken Places and Outer Spaces, which is the memoir, and then also some of my other favorite books that she's written. So get to reading. Coming up, we've got a Know Yourself Better About Secrets. But first, this break. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. I now work with a team, and I am here to say that finding the right candidate and hiring the right candidate is one of the very biggest and most important challenges to anyone who has a small business. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Gretchen, I am always on the hunt for the perfect t-shirt, and I found it at Quince. So well-priced, such good quality. I am in love with the Slub crew neck tee. I have it in white. I'm getting it in black, possibly multiples. I love it so much. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the costs of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. So now it's time for a know yourself better question. And here it is. Are you more likely to confide in someone you're close to or not particularly close to? So this is such a juicy question. (laughs) How did this question come to you? Because you brought this up to me the other day. Yeah, well, you know, I've been doing a lot of reading about the body and the senses for my next book. And related to the subject of hearing and using my ears, I've been doing a lot of reading about listening. And I came across this fascinating observation in a book called You're Not Listening, What You're Missing and Why It Matters by Kate Murphy, which is a very interesting book about listening. And she notes that research found that slightly more than half the time, People confided their most pressing and worrisome concerns to people with whom they had weaker ties, even people they encountered by chance, rather than those they had previously said were closest to them, like a spouse, family member, or a dear friend. In some cases, the subjects actively avoided telling the people in their innermost circle because they feared unkindness, judgment, blowback, or drama. And I thought, wow, that... It's, I mean, it seems counterintuitive, but then when, when you read it, you're like, oh, yeah, I get it. Yeah, so the question is, are you more likely to confide in someone close to you or not so close to you? I was thinking about it for myself. Um, I think I'm more likely to confide in someone not as close. Really? See, that surprises me because I would imagine you confiding in someone you're close to. No, and I thought about why that is. And I think it's because if it's someone not close to you, you can sort of tell them whatever it is you have to say and then walk away and not really deal with it. Yes. Whereas if you tell your husband, it's right there in the house. Yeah. And the other thing is, I think maybe people use telling people who are less close to them a secret or confiding something that's bothering them, whatever it is, as sort of a testing ground. Mm -hmm. Like, let me tell this person 
and see how they react. Well, it's interesting that you said that because I ran into somebody that I knew from many years ago at an event. And so afterward, we just sort of sat down and had a cup of coffee, caught up. We were never very close. And he ended up telling me about a divorce, his divorce. And he's like, and at the end, he said, you're the first person I've told. And I think it was exactly that. I think he was like, let me practice talking about this with somebody that isn't really very important to me. Yeah, low stakes environment. Right. And the less close to you, sort of the less judgment the person might have because they don't care what what you're doing. (laughs) Yeah, and they don't know the other people involved probably. So like they don't have stakes in it. Now, I've seen the perfect mix of this because every couple of years I get together with some of my closest friends from high school. So we don't see each other very much. We don't even connect with each other very much. And then we have these super intense couple of days together and we all really confide in each other. And I think mm. it's that mix of people who knew you back when you were a kid and they ha- you have those deep roots and yet we're not part of each other's ongoing lives So it's kind of the perfect mix of Mm. knowing and intimacy and then also distance and space. That makes a lot of sense to me. I totally get that. But I think this is a great Know Yourself Better question to realize because I bet people get really startled by their own behavior when they find themselves telling some deep secret to Mm -hmm. the person sitting next to them on the airplane. And they're like, why the heck did I just do that? And then you realize this is actually quite common. Yeah, it's just interesting to think about and to think like, are the people close to you going off and talking to all these other people and you don't really know what's going on with them? I mean, it's just interesting how we as human beings communicate. Yes. I know, for instance, Adam is much more comfortable talking to people he doesn't know than people he knows. So I have no doubt that if he were going to confide something, he would confide it to a waitress or something. Um, not to me. That is so fascinating. And so is it people he knows a little bit or he likes to talk to like a a real stranger where he has never seen the person before and never will again? Um, I think he really likes talking to strangers like taxi drivers and, um, you know, he'll really get into a deep conversation. An example of this, Gretchen, speaking of taxi drivers, we were taking a taxi in New York to the airport And Adam ended up seeing photos of the taxi driver's children and a wedding in Pakistan and finding out that this taxi driver had been the taxi driver of the year in New York and seeing a picture of like him getting a plaque from the mayor. And it was like, we learned so much and it was really interesting, but I'm like the opposite. Whereas I feel like I want to respect people's space. Yeah. I feel like talking to them is like, why do they want to talk to me? But right. then you see, I because I observe Adam doing this, that, that people do like to share. So yeah. it's interesting. And I will say the taxi driver is also confiding a lot in Adam about finances and all sorts of things. Isn't it fascinating? Yeah. So maybe this is not only a know yourself better question, it's also maybe a, a strategy which is if you have something that's really weighing on you or that you would like to talk to somebody, look around for the next friendly stranger rather than trying to kind of work up your courage to tell your best friend because maybe the low stakes and that testing the waters will make it easier to get comfortable with something that's important to confide. Yeah. Fascinating. Well, let us know. And now, listener question. Remember, you can always drop us an email at podcastatgretchenrubin.com. This week's question comes from someone who uh, prefers to remain anonymous. 
They say, a friend and I have a monthly movie night with three other women who are all high school friends. We've all known each other since we were teenagers, and now we're in our mid-40s with school-aged children, partners, and work, and the busyness that comes with that season of life. Several years ago, we all returned to the city where we grew up. For the first time in over a decade, we could hang out as a group again. We started a monthly movie night at a local cinema as a way to see each other regularly as we all wish to make more room in our lives for films and stay current with what is showing. I set up a WhatsApp group and my friend and I set the dates, suggest a few movies to vote on as our monthly pick, and generally drive the whole thing. The issue is that without fail, every month people can't come. They tell us last minute that they won't make it and their excuses are usually totally lame. Often they're adamant they can't come because their husband can't deal with something related to the children. It's disappointing to have serial, flaky people not show up month in, month out. During the pandemic, we went virtual, picking a movie to stream at our own time, and then meeting up on movie night for an hour to talk about it. Even with that flexibility and convenience, the same people flake out. They haven't had time over the month to watch the movie or can't spare one hour on movie night to chat due to their family needs. My friend and I really value our catch-ups and relish the cinema and want to have active social lives, but we are hurt that they don't seem to care if this catch-up doesn't happen. We're also confused by how little agency they seem to have in their own lives and how hard it seems for them to get a small amount of times to themselves each month. We talk about canceling movie night, but wonder whether we should confront them about their lack of commitment or just let it go. Wow, well, I think is, this is a problem a lot of people have, yes, first of all. Absolutely. How many book groups? Yes. This is an issue. The short answer to her question, I think, is it doesn't work to confront people with this. That doesn't change it. No. Um, that will make them behave any differently. They already know. And so I would say if you and your friend are really committed to the movies, invite a new group of people and start a group with people who really want to do this and maybe make new friends with people who, for whom this sounds really appealing, because this is a great thing for the kind of person who wants to do it. Yeah, or keep it the two of you and just know that it's the two of you, and then you won't feel disappointed that others aren't joining. Exactly. And it could be that with this particular group of friends, these old friends, maybe this is just not working, and maybe you could set up something for like morning coffee or something where it might just be that that would work more effectively with this group. Because if what you want to do is reconnect with this group, maybe you have to have movies with one group and then connecting with the old friends, uh, doing something different that kind of fits their lives better right now. Yeah. And Gretchen, this has happened to me. Um, You know, Sarah and I started a Mahjong group. We thought everybody was really into it and excited but the truth is everyone except us has kept canceling and rescheduling. Yeah. And so we just said, all right, well, we can only send so many texts. Right. So we just decided to abandon it. Well, so then this comes to the question is like, OK, why aren't they doing it? And I think there could be a couple different things. I think one is the problem of the fantasy self where you're like, mm-hmm. I really would like to do it in theory, but either I just simply can't pull it off or I'm not willing to do the kind of legwork that it takes to be like, I've got to get a sitter or I've got to like figure this out. I've got to clear it on the schedule and I've got to check with him and I've got to check my dates. And and so you just say yes, because that's what you wish you could say. But that's just the fantasy. It's not the reality. Well, and this person mentioned that they're in a particular season of life. And this, to me, sounds like a season of life issue where Mm -hmm. maybe the people in this group feel that if they're going to take that time to themselves 
they need to sort of invest it in the the parents or moms of their their kids' friends. Right. That it just isn't a time when they're going to go out with their old friends to a movie once a month. Right. Or maybe they have work events. I mean, I know a lot of people who say, I have to go out so much for work that on the days when I have any opportunity to stay home, I do. And so I basically don't do anything optional because it's either work mandatory or I want to stay home. And again, that's the season of life. And, 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 and then you get out of it. Now, it could also be something that maybe people have some kind of, I don't know, anxiety or something. Now, probably not with going to a movie, but I know some friends who have like a poker game. Mm-hmm. And I think some people get a little anxious if they feel like, well, I'm not as good as everybody else or I'm really competitive and I hate to lose or I'm not keeping pace. And so it could be that somebody wants to do it and likes the friendship of it, but then they're anxious about or they think like, oh, I don't have smart things to say about this book. Everybody mm-hmm. else is so much more insightful. And so then there's an anxiety, which when the time comes to show up, they fail out. Yeah. So it's not about the group. It's about your own feelings about yourself. And then the person also mentioned sort of the agency, you know, if you have agency or not in your household. And I think a couple of things. I think one time, I think one thing is a lot of people use their spouse as an excuse. Yes, they do. So the spouse has no idea that (laughs) it has been announced that like this person is unable to put the kids to bed, just can't do it. Yeah. And also that if there really is an issue there, then obviously it's much bigger than your movie night and confronting them about it. Yeah, it's just going to make them feel bad. Well, yes, bring up a lot of anxiety for them. So I think it's just one of those things where volunteers, not recruits. Volunteers, not recruits. Um, But here's something I would love to hear from people. If you are the person who says yes over Mm -hmm. and over and over and then cancels over and over Write us and let us know what what's going on in your mind, because mm. I think it's very easy to sort of be judgmental about from one side. But I would be fascinated to know what's going on on the other side. And for instance, I remember you and I, Elizabeth, are way past wedding season. But in the I remember during wedding season, there was a kind of a group of people who thought it was more polite to say yes and then cancel because it sort of showed that you you wanted to show. And then I was flabbergasted that they didn't realize that that meant people were spending so much money to have you as a guest and they were lightheartedly canceling like that wasn't going to cause anybody any issues. And I think that was just an issue of not knowing, like being so new to the wedding guest game that you didn't realize that really the, the more loving and polite thing was to say, I'm sorry, I can't make it. Yes. So it could be that people feel like they're sending a signal of friendship and desire to be together, and they don't understand that it's coming across as, I'm on the bottom of your list. Yeah, I mean, because one thing is when you're at a certain age and you have kids, and if you do have to get a babysitter, for instance, then to have someone cancel at the last minute is a real issue because suddenly they're paying $50 for a babysitter, and now what are they going to do? Go out alone? You know, I mean, it, it causes a lot of problems. Yeah, I think anytime you need to cancel, it's better to do it sooner so that people can reorganize themselves around it. Well, I think this is a fascinating question. We would love to hear people's responses, um, suggestions about how to handle the situation and also different people's perspectives on what's going on. Yes. Coming up, we've got a demerit that's related to everything going on in our country. But first is break. Break. 
There are some stories about our father's life that I truly never get tired of hearing, from hilarious to heartfelt, tear-jerking to plot-twisting. His retelling of the events always brings me joy. Just in time for Father's Day, I found the perfect gift that captures all his stories for our family forever. It's called StoryWorth. StoryWorth helps you preserve precious memories and stories from your father or father figure's life for years to come. And Gretch, you get a book of all these stories. And I love just keeping a book on the coffee table and anyone from any generation can see a story from dad, like what was his favorite toy or what was his first job? Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. Give all the fathers in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years. StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com happier. That's storyworth.com happier to save $10 on your first purchase. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Okay, Gretchen, it is time for demerits and gold stars, and you are up with a demerit. Well, this is so huge. I, I mean, I, I, it's, I can't even really call it a demerit. It's far beyond what a demerit is, but, but nevertheless, just here goes. I mean, I've said it before. It's worth saying again, like so many people, I'm doing a lot of soul searching, and I am just realizing how much I need to learn and understand about the ongoing issues of racism and how it's on all of us to change it. And I really want to be part of that. And I really want to educate myself and understand things better. And so I'm hoping that this is something where in the future, I will really be doing a much better job. Yeah. And Gretchen, I'm obviously have to give myself the same demerit. Um, you know, we just do not realize how much we see through the lens of privilege. Yeah, exactly. And we just need to educate ourselves so that we can see things more clearly and then act. Absolutely. So we are both doing that. Yes. All right, Gretchen, but let's end with a gold star. I want to give a gold star to Meditative Stories, which Mm. is a podcast that you're very familiar with. Mm -hmm. It mixes meditation and storytelling Um, The host is Rohan Gunatalaki, and he introduces the storyteller, and then he incorporates meditation and mindfulness into the story. Um, Now, you did one of these. I did, yeah. And all about the moment when you sort of realize people are not all the same, which sounds obvious, but you realize it at a sort of gut Human nature. Yeah. So, of course, I loved your story, but I listened to some others that I loved. One by Elizabeth Lesser, who was a midwife and talked about the experience of witnessing birth and how it also helped her accept death. 
Mm. Our friend Dan Harris did a great one. Yeah, about parenting. That was good. And then another one I loved, I just wanted to mention if people want to check some out, is DeRay McKesson, who talked about creating magic. And his way of creating magic is to create um, community activism. And so they're just very thoughtful, but also it's relaxing. So it's a good thing during this time when we're all doing a lot of self-reflection I think whatever the topic is, you end up doing self-reflection and it's valuable. So that's yeah. called Meditative Stories. And Gretchen, yeah. um, of course, I suggest everyone listen to your episode. Okay. Yeah, well, I'll put a link to it in the show notes, of course. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Schedule Empower Hours. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. And what did you do with your hours? We can all learn from each other. Thanks to our producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, as always, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us and rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcast. Now, book lovers, uh, remember, Broken Places and Outer Spaces is the book by Nadia Korafor that we'll be talking about in our Instagram Live book club discussion on June 22nd. And for the Happier Podcast Book Club, we are talking about The Dutch House by Ann Patchett. And we will be talking with her in July. So dive in and send us your questions and comments. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us Onward and Upward. You know, Gretch, on the topic of people flaking, there's mm -hmm. also the person who says they're coming and the, even that day says, text, you know, when the event starts and says, I'll be there soon yes. and never shows up. Yes. It is yes. so crazy. Yes. Do they think we don't know what they're doing? That they have I, no intent? They never had an intention of showing up? I'm baffled. That's just not who we are. If <laughs> we're going to show up. <laughs> From the Onward Project.